gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to My Two Cents Podcast, episode 86, which is entitled Warning. I am your host, G2, but before I get into the topics today, let me read you off the National Food Days of the Week. Today, August 7th, it is Raspberries and Cream Day. Tomorrow, August 8th, it is International Beer Day, so drink responsibly, as well as Zucchini Day and also Frozen Custard Day. After that, August 9th, it is Rice Pudding Day. August 10th, Banana Split Day, as well as S'mores Day. August the 11th, Raspberry Tart Day, as well as Panini Day. August 12th, Julian Fries Day, or better known as people might know it as Shoestring Fries Day. Uh, August 13th, it is Filet Mignon Day, and that is your National Food Days of the Week. Now, with that out of the way, before I get into the topics and my condolences, uh, I got to read off to you. Um, I just want to give you guys a little update. Um, This week... I tried to make my father a birthday cake because this week was his birthday and it went horribly wrong. I don't know what happened. I don't know. Did I not put the right recipe uh, instructions in, which I know I did because I am completely a guy that has to repeatedly look back at the ingredients, look back at the instructions just to make sure I even do anything to make sure I am doing it right because I am completely that guy, especially when it comes down to cooking, I am completely that guy that got to look at everything to make sure I'm doing it right. I did that multiple times. I added in the right ingredients. I added in the right amount. I just don't know what happened with the execution when it came down to making the cake because it was supposed to be fluffy, but it was dense and it was not moist. It was later, it was like just, as soon as you put your fork in, it just cracks. By God, it was terrible, but... Uh, my father was okay. The icing at least was good. I homemade that one. I followed that and that still didn't go down the way it was supposed to, but it turned out to still be good icing. I don't know what happened. So my big thing is this. If you don't know how to make cakes, Hey, don't worry about it. Constantly, uh, try to redo it over and over again. And then you end up making the right one. Me, I know how to make whooping pound cake real, uh, good. I can just look at the recipe like, one time, and I'll be like, all right, good, I know what I'm doing here, so I know how to make that one fine, but this one, I tried to make a yellow cake, it went just straight up dreadful, but again, uh, happy belated birthday to my father, um, also, kids had to go back to school this week, at least around, around my, uh, area, and I had to get some school supplies from my sister, and by God, I ain't gonna hold you, when I looked at some of the prices for some of these, uh, school supplies, I was like, yo, that is crazy certain uh things cost a lot more than you should be a pack of pencils shouldn't be costing about a good three or four dollars that thing should be cheap buddy but not nah, pack of pencils cost that much and even more if you get like a 30 pack of pencils cost about a good seven eight bucks that is ridiculous but again uh that's just me it's weird just having to look at the prices for school materials because me i'm usually a guy that since you're you're in college, you don't really have to look at school materials like that unless it's like it's a book. Other than that, you get like a regular notebook, a pen, or a highlighter. You'll be easily able to follow the notes of what you got to do. But when it's time for kids, that is ridiculous to get that many 
utensils, that many notebooks, four, five, six, seven, eight notebooks, about a good 10 pack of pens, mad coloring crayons and markers. I'm just saying that it was a lot of money to be spending on some school supplies that eventually just basically going to get thrown into the dust or whatever may have you. So I give a lot of credit to a lot of parents whenever they have to uh, do their school shopping and clothing shopping for their kids when it's time for school years and to begin. And also certain people, uh, school year hasn't began yet. So please be on the lookout. This week is, uh, well, it's coming to the end now. Uh, this was uh, sales off week. I believe like sales taxes week was off this week. So today's the last day. If you can try to find something, try to find it for your kid before they go back into school. All right. Now, with that all being said, I got some condolences to list off here. Uh, this week we lost uh, NBA great Boston Celtics great Bill Russell. Uh, this comes from ESPN. He was 11 time NBA champion. He, he dies at the age of 88. Bill Russell, the cornerstone of the Boston Celtics dynasty that won eight straight titles and 11 overall during his career died Sunday. The Hall of Famer was 88. Russell died peacefully with his wife, Janine, at his side. A statement posted on social media read, Arrangements for his memorial service will be announced soon, according to the statement. Also last Sunday, uh, we lost another uh, legend in the entertainment business. This was uh, Nichelle Nichols. She's best known for being on Star Trek, she was the black woman on Star Trek. She died at the age of 89. Uh, her son put out a statement last night. My mother, Nichelle Nichols, succumbed to natural causes and passed away. Her light, however, like the ancient galaxies now being seen for the first time, will remain for us and future generations to enjoy, learn from, and draw inspiration. Johnson said in a statement shared to Nichols' uh, official site on Sunday, hers was a life well-lived and as such, a model for all of us. Nichols died from natural causes, he said. Nichelle Nichols, uh, she was on Star Trek, and I didn't know much about this lady. I don't watch Star Trek. I never have watched Star Trek, but the big claim to fame was that she uh, had the first ever interracial kiss on television. It was her and William Shatner. They showed it on television. And I just want to say this right now. I'm glad that they got that out of the way, so now you can see... Uh, other races mix it up on television and get the kissing scene, but you can just tell from that kissing scene to where kissing has uh, lead to now, kissing scenes are way different. Her and Shatner's kissing scene was just none but them popping lips onto one another and just holding it right there. They weren't moving around, they weren't moving their faces and lips, they were just none but a straighty peck and just held onto it. While now with kissing, they get all into it. You see people moving their mouth around, opening it up with tongue and everything. I'm just saying, you can just tell where the evolution of kissing actually turned around. I'm just, I was real fascinated at that because I thought, oh my God, they got deep with the kiss? Oh no, it was just a regular peck. So I don't know why people got trippy about that. Apparently people tripped about that whenever they saw the first interracial kiss. But um, I guarantee you, if people were to, from back in that time were to be now seeing it, oh, they will have a ball. They will be losing their mind. But again, uh, rest in peace to Nichelle Nichols. And to cap it off, we lost last week uh, Mary Alice. She was an actress in Fences, Sparkle, and The Matrix uh, Revolution. She died at the age of 85, as this comes from The Hollywood Reporter. Mary Alice, the Tony and Emmy Award winning actress who starred in the original Broadway production of Fences, portrayed the mother of three singing daughters in Sparkle and appeared as the Oracle in Matrix Revolutions, has died. She was 85. Alice 
died Wednesday in her Manhattan apartment, an NYPD spokesperson told The Hollywood Reporter. In the 1990s films, Alice played Nurse Margaret opposite Robin Williams and Robert De Niro in Awakenings, directed by Penny Marshall, the family monarch dealing with a disruptive guest, Danny Glover, and Charles Burnett's To Sleep With Anger, and a woman whose son was struck by a car in the South Bronx in The Bonfire of the Vanities. So with that all being said, I want to again wish a condolences to the family of Bill Russell, uh, Nichelle Nichols, and also Mary Alice. Uh, please give these families uh, time to grieve their losses, allow them to just take the time that they need to just get themselves together because this is a hard time for a lot of people. Again, they were all in their 80s, but again, uh, people need the time to collect themselves because they just lost a loved one. So again, let theirs, let these respective families collect themselves so they can get back to being uh, themselves and live this new normal without the figures in their life that just passed away. Now, with that all being said, let's get into the topics of warning. Uh, the first topic I want to get into is monkeypox, as this comes from CNN. Joe Biden administration declares the monkeypox outbreak a public health emergency. The Biden administration on Thursday declared monkeypox a public health emergency with cases on the rise across the United States. The announcement came during a briefing with the Department of Health and Human Services. The administration has been criticized at times for handling of the outbreak, and some have called the government to declare a national emergency without delay. Since the first U.S. monkeypox case was identified in mid-May, more than 6,600 probable or confirmed cases has been detected in the United States. Cases have been identified in every state except Montana and Wyoming. The declaration follows the World Health Organization announcement last month that monkeypox is a public health emergency of international concern. Uh, woo which is World Health Organization, defines a public health emergency of international concern, or PHEIC, as an extraordinary event that constitutes a public health risk to other states through the international spread of disease and to potentially require a coordinated international response. Some cities and states, including New York City, San Francisco, California, Illinois, and New York, have already declared monkeypox an emergency, allowing to free up funding and resources for their responses to the outbreak. So again, last week, as I talked to you guys, how you can uh, get monkeypox this week is just me reaffirming to you guys now that the United States have declared monkeypox a public health emergency. So please, if you can, keep yourself safe. Do whatever you can. They do say monkeypox is... Uh, catchable from contact to contact person to person if you touch somebody whatever the case may be that's how they say you can uh get in contact with monkeypox so what i would say is we all should go back to the covid situation wash your hands hand sanitize all that good stuff and if for certain people probably even put gloves on just if you're going to touch somebody that's all I would get at right there again i'm not a doctor i'm none of that i just want to keep people safe and i want to keep people up to date with everything with this whole monkeypox situation going around. And again, to think, 2020 was COVID, and we all had to stay inside our house, wear a mask, we had to go out and, again, hand sanitize, everything down, and all that good stuff. And to think, literally, 
Last year, 2021, around the summer, around this exact same time, people were starting to come back outside and not say live normally, but we're starting, we were trying to get back to whatever it was before COVID kicked our butts and everything. And now, fast forward a year later in 2022, we're living this new normal. People are wearing masks, certain people are not wearing masks, certain people got the uh, COVID 19 vaccine, certain people don't. And now, monkeypox is coming back. And it's sending us into another warp of, okay, another uh, sense of distress, public outcry of what do we do? What do we do? I'll say this again. It's just always weird when you think about it, because once you think you're clear to one thing, something else punches you right in the face or an old saying when it uh, when it rain, it pours. So this could be the pouring right now. We could probably be seeing the rebirth of bird flu, swine flu coming next. I'm not saying that it is, but I'm just saying be on the lookout for a lot of things because I haven't heard of monkeypox in such a long time. And now that it's back, it's just weird to me. But again, please be on the uh, verge and please keep yourself safe as much as you can out here with monkeypox being spread around. And also, I like how some of the news stations are trying to at least combat the whole... uh, just laying like laying monkeypox onto the gay community because again if you haven't been listening to the news they have to really they really put an inferences that uh that monkeypox is really getting at the gay community with gay men and all that type of stuff gay bi men whatever and i want everybody to know monkeypox don't like they don't care if what your sexuality is if you got monkeypox you got it we're going to spread it around either way so again, I like that on Good Morning America on Friday's edition, they trying to now uh, just reaffirm everybody that it's not just a gay virus, it's a human virus. Anybody can catch it. So I like that the news is trying to be aware of this and self-aware and also try to police themselves and trying to correct the information of how everything's going around with monkeypox. So I like that they're doing that. But again, please be uh, careful of what's going around with monkeypox. Please try to uh, keep yourself as safe as you can. Now, on to another topic here, as this comes from the Associated Press. As the title read, Biden, killing of al-Qaeda leader is long-sought justice. President Joe Biden announced Monday that al-Qaeda leader, I can't even say man's name, so I'm not even going to do that to you, was killed in a U.S. drone strike in Cabal, an operation he said delivered justice and hopefully one more measure of closure to families of the victims of the September 11, 2001 attacks on the United States. The president said in an evening address from the White House at the U.S. Intelligence Office, they tracked down the al-Qaeda leader to a home in downtown Cabal where he was hiding out with his family. The president approved the operation last week and it was carried out Sunday, uh, the Al-Qaeda leader and the better-known Osama bin Laden plotted the 9-11 attacks that brought many ordinary Americans to their first knowledge of Al-Qaeda. Okay, cool. Here's my thing with this right here. Um, Why are we allowing the news to know that we killed one half of the Al-Qaeda leadership here? Well, technically now since we killed both of the people that plotted uh, 9-11 here, we killed... Osama bin Laden, cool, we already did that. We announced that mad years ago. And now we killed the other half of the 
duo that plotted 9-11. Why are we announcing that? I just, I don't like it because the way that we, the way that America is moving around, and let me just say this with respect, because I like to conduct myself with a lot of respect whenever I do talk to individuals until I don't, and when I really don't, you know about it. Why are we telling people that we killed somebody? Why? America's already got its foot and hands spread out everywhere. Right now, we're helping Ukraine out with Russia right now. Right now, we're dealing with another thing, which I'm about to get into another topic. Trust me, that other thing pertains to that. We're about to get into that situation. And now we're dealing with still Al-Qaeda situations, even though we got our guys and gals technically out of Iraq, what, last year, okay? Why are we announcing that we killed this guy? It could just be, hey, the news pop on one day, hey, the Al-Qaeda leader has been killed, such and such happened. Why? throw your hands and say, yeah, we did that. No, 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 no. You shut up. To me personally, I believe that you would keep your mouth shut and you just allow the cards to lay where they lay at because I don't see too many countries helping America out. I'm just going to hold you right now. I don't see too many countries really doing that. I could be completely dead set wrong, but somehow on American news, we keep up with everybody's situation. We talk about stuff that's going on in America. We talk about stuff that's going on in other countries, how we're helping them, such and such, blah, blah, blah. It could be, Gerald, you're not paying attention. You're not doing the research like that. I could be completely wrong here. So I just wanted to always throw that out there to you right there. I'm just saying for what I'm seeing, we are always going out to other countries and not literally having countries come out to help us. That could literally be backdoor channeling, not uh, the news needs to report that, and not that the citizens need to know that. I don't know. I just don't like the idea of us literally claiming to say that, yo, we killed this guy. I'd rather have had the news just pop up one day and say that Al-Qaeda leader has been killed some way. Muscle, a missile strike, uh, troop striking, something kind of deal. I don't care what it is. Just him dying and just let it be at that. People are trying to figure it out who did it. We as America, we don't have to throw our hands and say, yeah, we did that. No, people can always speculate and be rumored. Guess what? A whole lot of countries are speculated and rumored for doing this and that, but do a lot of countries say that they did it? No! It's always going to be rumored in guessing games until whatever the case may happen. We we just always like, yeah, we did that. It's like a pissing contest between America and Al-Qaeda, literally. If Al-Qaeda does something or somebody else does something to us, we got to feel like we got to like, go and attack them in retribution right in there and say, yeah, we did that, just out of retribution. Sometimes you can do things under the sneak tip, and it ain't like America hasn't done it before, and just allow it to go just like that. I just don't see why we had to throw our hands up and say, yeah, we did it. I don't understand it. Sometimes it's great to move in silence and just do that and don't say that you did anything. Just have it a pop up one day, but, oh, okay, cool. That happened, all right, fine, whatever. A country can do that. In America, we can do that. I just don't understand why we had to say that, yeah, we killed this guy. I don't like it. That's just my personal preference onto the situation. And also, what I was meaning was, when I said that we got our hands stretched out to another situation, is this situation right here. This comes from CNN. China suspends cooperation with U.S. on range of issues. Sanctions Pelosi over Taiwan trip. As the article read, China's former ministry announced new countermeasures against Washington on Friday, including the suspension of climate talks 
in response to Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan, hours after it announced sanctions against the U.S. House Speaker. The measures include the cancellation of future phone calls and meetings between the United States and Chinese defense leaders for which future dates had not been announced, and the cancellation of annual naval meetings under the U.S.-China military maritime consolation machinism. China also suspended cooperation on the repartition of illegal immigrants, legal assistance on criminal matters, and the combat of transnational crimes, the foreign ministry spokesperson said in a briefing Friday. It suspended its anti-drug cooperation with the U.S., which has already been strained in recent years. The U.S. has blamed China for falling, failing to stop opioids reaching the U.S. as both Beijing and Washington disagreed on how to counteract the problem. See, this is one whole big mess here. I think that China told uh, the U.S. Nancy Pelosi not to go over to Taiwan because China feels that Taiwan belongs to them. Taiwan feels that uh, they don't belong to China. So that's the whole big deal here. It's basically almost the exact same thing with Russia and Ukraine here, but China just hasn't like bombed up uh, Taiwan the same way that Russia decided to start going after the Ukraine situation here. And uh, that's my whole thing here. Again, I don't understand how somebody in public office, the uh, politics, did not get a notice saying, hey, don't go to Taiwan. Don't do that because you're going to upset China, who we already have a strained relationship with. And we're trying to rebuild that back up because America always try to rebuild things because we can grab things from them. They can grab things for us, backdoor, backdoor dealings with each other. That's all this is about. And for you to disrespect your partner who you're already having disagreements with by going over and doing something that your partner told you not to do, that's going to cause more strain to that relationship. And that's where we're at with China right now. America and China are at a strained relationship. And I have a feeling that one more thing, if we do something that really going to take them off. I think that's going to set it all off. And I think China's going to be like, you know what? We're done with America and all that type of stuff. Again, I could be mad wrong here. And I mean, I could be completely mad wrong. I don't know. I only can go off what I see. And from what I'm seeing right now, if a country's saying, hey, yo, you got to relax and you have this relationship with them, you probably want to relax. You probably want to chill out because you don't want to strain and put more type of strain hold on that relationship with a country that you are either having a strained relationship with or either you're cool with because both of them could easily disintegrate in front of your face if you happen to overstep their boundary. Just like if somebody oversteps uh, America's boundary. If America tells China don't uh, talk to Russia because this and that, blah, 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 guess what? America's going to feel some type of way if China were to talk to Russia at this moment. See, that's what I'm saying. We got to respect each other country's boundary, especially if you have a relationship with them. So again, this is a warning towards people in the top brass, a.k.a. people that are in the seats, uh, the House of Representatives, uh, the Senate, whatever the crap up there all you guys uh please please and i mean this from a regular civilian please be careful because you're playing around and you're playing a real dangerous game going over somewhere that you know you're not supposed to be going so please and i mean this and i beg of you please heed the warning of another country telling you that you have a good relationship with by the way or at least a strained one please don't do anything crazy don't try to uh 
shake their cages because guess what? Once that cage gets shook too much, an animal's going to pop out and we ain't got time to be trying to deal with other animals as we're dealing with other countries' situations right now, okay? That's all I'm saying. Please stop rattling the cages. Now, on to the next topic, and it is Brittany Griner. This has come from ABC News. Brittany Griner found guilty in Russian drug trial, sentenced to nine years in prison. Uh, WNBA player Brittany Griner, who has been detained in Russia for over five months, was found guilty on drug charges in a Moscow area court Thursday. She was then sentenced to nine years in prison. In the article, they say Brittany Griner's lawyers are going to appeal this matter. Of course, they're going to appeal this matter, but I don't think that's really going to be anything toward it. I think they're going to keep the situation at the moment. And also, right now, we're technically in a trade discussion with America and Russia at this exact moment because this comes from Reuters right here. Uh, after Griner gets jail, Russia ready to discuss swap with the United States. Russia said on Friday it was ready to discuss a prisoner swap with the United States in private. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavoy said President Vladimir Putin and U.S. President Joe Biden had previously agreed on a diplomatic channel that should be used to discuss possible prisoner exchanges. We are ready to discuss this topic, but within the framework of a channel that was agreed upon by Presidents Putin and Biden, Sergei said during a visit to Cambodia. If the Americans decide to once again resort to public diplomacy, that is their business, and I would even say that is their problem. Biden told reporters at the White House that his administration was working to secure Griner's release. I am hopeful. We're working hard, he said. And my man said that in the most old man way. I saw the video for that. He got up out the chair and he said, I'm hopeful. <laughs> that was the oldest man way of saying it. But point being is that they're trying to work this thing out. I don't think so that they're going to make this thing work. Because again, for America, we're asking for two people, Brittany Griner and a former Marine named Paul Whelan, while Russia is asking for their guy back. He's a Russian arms trafficker, Victor Bolt or boot, and his nickname is the Merchant of Death. America has him under arrest, and he's served 25 years in federal prison, five years of supervised parole, and he had to forfeit $15 million to the American government. So that's the trade that has been publicized around on the news day by day. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen personally. I don't know. Again, I would suggest if you're going to go to another country, please, please, please know what you're packing. Please know that you're not going to have certain situations over in other countries. There's no need for you to have it in another country because, again, you do not want to be stuck in a situation like Brittany Griner. Uh, you need to please always look at the rules, look at the laws before you do head off to another country because every country is not the same. Marijuana is legal here. Well, certain states while other countries is completely bone dry. You cannot have marijuana there at all. So, again, that's just the lesson I take from all this, the Brittany Garner situation. Please pack your bags safely, and also know what's packing inside your bags. Know what you got in there. Know if you got contraband. Know if you got anything else. Because here's the deal. If you happen to have contraband, guess what can happen? You will be... And <laughs> I mean this wholeheartedly. You will be duly uh, pulled to the side and you could be arrested just like Brittany Griner here. And this is not a laughing matter because you would think over a little vape, over a little like thing that had a little bit of 
uh, marijuana like oil in it. That's the reason why she got pulled. That's that's the reason why she's in jail for this long. And that's the reason why she be spending nine years. Yes, because they don't play around with this. And plus, and it's been said multiple times, Brandy Griner could be used as a bargaining chip for the Russian government. And again, this is the exact same kind of crap that all countries play around with. Again, this is backstage uh, politicking, backstage uh, shaking of hands and doing whatever they got to do. Because again, this will never be publicized. Say, oh yeah, we're using her as a bargaining chip to get to this and this and that. Certain countries are bold enough to say it, but it's usually always a PC or PR type of way to kind of say it in your face, but you got to really read between the lines to really get there. And this right here, I don't know if we're going to make that deal. I don't know if Brittany's going to be in Russia for the next nine years. I don't know if we're going to make this deal. I don't know. Again, I still harken back to what I said either uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago when I said this. If we happen to make the deal with Russia, what about the other two uh, U.S. soldiers that went over to uh, the Ukraine and they end up getting captured? What happened to them? Because they were being shown a lot on ABC, CBS, NBC, whenever they showed a video of Russia pointing out uh, both of these guys saying they're okay, they're fine, they're not being harmed or anything. What about those guys? Why are they not in the package dealing of getting Brittany and uh, this Paul guy for the merchant of death? Why are those two other guys not being added to the trade? Again, this is my whole thinking. If we get Paul and we get Brittany back, there's going to be veterans and there's going to be people being pissed off that we got Brittany Griner back and this guy back when we didn't get the other two uh, guys that were over there and they got captured. Why are we getting them? Why are we getting Brittany and this guy and not those other two? Why are they not added on? So I don't know how this is going to work. I'm just saying for me, being an outsider looking into what the public has been showing from the news constantly and me always being like really, really uh not trusting of what I'm seeing. I think there's more to it. And if there is going to be a deal, I want to see how the public's going to deal with it because they're going to make a spectacle of this thing. There's a deal being made. I, I would just want to see how it's going to affect uh, the other two guys that were not a part of this trade. Are people in the army going to be pissed off? Are people, uh, people are going to be pissed off on social media all day. People get pissed off every day, but people that actually matter, like the war veterans, are they going to be pissed off because they didn't make the trade for those other two, or are they just going to be fine with it? Because they know that's just the way of being a soldier. But we'll see as uh, the time goes on. Now, speaking to technically checking your bags uh abc news has it on a topic airline passenger find hefty fee for bringing mcmuffins to destination a passenger flying from indonesia to darwin australia was fined 2664 australian dollars about 1846 american dollars last week after they were caught with two egg and beef sausage mcmuffins and a ham croissant upon arrival in australia the meat products were sniffed out by a newly trained biosecurity detective dog named Zeta. Uh, this will be the most expensive McDonald's meal this passenger ever has. This fine is twice the cost of an airfare to Belize. But I have no sympathy for people who choose to disobey Australia's strict 
biosecurity measures and recent detections show you will be caught, the Australian Minister for Agricultural Fisheries and Forestry said in a press release. Australia has a strict policies on the importance of food products and its effort to keep foot and mouth disease out of the country. The passenger received a hefty fine after failing to disclose that they had the meat products. So, again, it says that you, they probably would have been fine. They probably got a lesser fine if they would have disclosed it. But since they didn't disclose it, that's the reason why they got, got a hefty fine. But, again, look into where you are flying into. Look into what you're doing. Because, again, you would think McMuffins and a ham croissant will get you fined 1846 American dollars. Yeah, buddy. Because another country don't play like that. So, again... If you are flying to another country, please know what you're doing. Please know their rules. Please know what they tolerate and what they don't tolerate because you don't want to get hit with a fine that big or end up like Brittany Griner. There's only two ways we can ever go about it. Literally, those two. Brittany Griner way or get hit with a fine. You might get let off with a warning here or there, but I rarely doubt it because, again, we're getting past the... COVID situation not really passed. We're still in that bubble, but we're trying to sidestep the COVID situation here, and we are trying to get back to a point of normalcy, but with people doing this, they have to change certain things from what they used to back in 2019 and before, so please be careful. Please know what you're putting into your bag. Please try to just make sure you're not going to be stupid out here that's all i'm trying to do when i give you these type of reports right here that's all i'm saying all right now on to the next topic as it reads from insider officers charged in connection with brianna taylor's death met in a garage and agreed to tell investigators a false story the feds say just months after the fatal shooting of brianna taylor two louisiana police detectives met in a garage and agreed to mislead investigators explaining the botch raid that resulted in her death, the Justice Department alleged Thursday. At a press conference, Attorney General Merrick Garland said the Justice Department charged four current and former Louisville police officers in connection with Taylor's death. Garland said the charges include allegations that Louisville police falsifies an affidavit used to obtain a search warrant for Taylor's home in violation of civil rights laws, Garland said those violations resulted in Miss Taylor's death. Breonna Taylor should be alive today, he said. In court filings, prosecutors allege that two officers, former Detective Joshua James and Detective Kelly Goodland, later took steps to cover up their falsification of the affidavit as investigators scrutinized the shooting. In May 2020, the two met in the garage and agreed to tell a false story. Garland said the charges come more than two years after the March 2020 shooting of Taylor, a 26-year-old emergency medical technician who was asleep with her boyfriend when Louisville police officers forced her way into her apartment. Her boyfriend, believing the officers were intruders, shot at them. Two officers responded by shooting 22 shots into the apartment. Garland said one of those shots hit Miss Taylor in the chest and killed her, he said. In a separate case, the federal prosecutors charged Brent Hankinson, a former Louisville police detective with using excessive force during the raid of Taylor's home. Prosecutor said Hankinson fired 10 shots through a bedroom window and sliding glass door, both of which were covered with blinds and curtains. 
sending bullets ripping through the walls of Taylor's home and into her neighbor's apartment. A fourth Louisville police officer, Sergeant Kyle Meanly, Meany, was charged with preparing and approving a false affidavit to obtain a warrant to search Taylor's home. Prosecutors alleged that Meany and Janes knew the affidavit contained false and misleading statements, omitted significant facts, and relied upon stale information. Garland on Thursday said the indictment also alleged that Janes and Meany knew the search would be carried out by armed Louisville police officers and that conducting that search could create a dangerous situation for anyone who happened to be in Miss Taylor's homes. The charges resulted from an investigation in which no stone was left unturned, Clerk said. She noted that the Justice Department is continuing to conduct a civil rights investigation into the Louisville Police Department to determine whether there is a pattern of misconduct. So, ultimately, there's four officers on the hook for Breonna Taylor's death, and I'm glad for it, to be honest with you. This has been a long time coming. I always kept my ears to it, but I didn't know if there was going to be some type of situation going on or not. I'm glad the mother could finally breathe because she's been going after this whole thing for a legit two and a half years, having her daughter die because, again, police officers being complete idiots to this situation. I'm just... It's a good thing that Breonna Taylor finally can get some justice, hopefully, with this, but it's not going to bring Breonna Taylor back, and I know that's all the mother would want. She would like to have her child back, but she can't get that, so the next best thing is literally to get justice on police officers, the exact same people that were supposed to be protecting the people. They ultimately caused your daughter harm because they created a false affidavit. They gave false statements. That's not even right. I don't know what else type of uh, situation they're going to try to pass down onto these cops. I think they should be getting more than just whatever they're going to get because a girl died here, man, for nothing. You guys did this all literally for nothing. So I hope that her mother gets some type of peace out of this. I know it's going to take more because she'll really get peace, at least in the way that she can sit down and really breathe in whenever those four officers are in jails behind bars and all that type of stuff separate from their family but we'll have to see as the time continues to go on now to the next topic as this comes from the associated press no charges for officer who pepper spray army lieutenant a former police officer in virginia should not be criminally charged but should be investigated for potential civil rights violations after he pepper sprayed, struck, and handcuffed a black U.S. Army lieutenant during a 2020 traffic stop, a special prosecutor has determined. The prosecutor's findings are the latest fallout from a confrontation involving two police officers and a uniformed military officer that drew outrage and national attention to the small town of Windsor, about 70 miles southeast of Richmond. The man who was pulled over, Karan Nazario was never charged. Video of the December 2020 traffic stop surfaced in April 2021 after Nazario sued in federal court alleging that his constitutional rights were violated. The images sparked outrage and served as a grim reminder to many black Americans that military uniforms doesn't necessarily protect against mistreatment by police. In December, 
Then Virginia Attorney General Mark Herring's office sued the town, alleging that it operated in a way that discriminated against black Americans. One of the officers, Joe Gutierrez, was fired from the department. He was the target of the special prosecutor's criminal probe. Although I find the video very disturbing and frankly unsettling, Gutierrez's use of force to remove Nazaro did not violate state law as he had given multiple commands for Nazaro to exit the vehicle. Special Prosecutor Anton Bell said in his report dated July 29th and posted online by Nazaro's attorneys. So long story less long, the police officer is not going to be facing no type of jail time, at least criminally situation. He might be facing some civil rights violations for pepper spraying and uh, striking a guy who was handcuffed especially a U.S. Army lieutenant, but I don't think he's going to do criminal time. That's the way that this whole thing is going, and people are outraged by this. I did not... I remember the incident happening. I just don't remember this thing ever being, like, returned back. If people that don't remember, this was a guy that got... uh, He was a black Army lieutenant. He was driving home. It was nighttime. Uh, Police officers happened to pull him over, and he continues to drive over into a gas station because there was no lighting if he would have pulled over onto the side of the road because it was not completely dark. He goes to the gas station. A car uh, pulls up behind him. It's a police car, and the police gets out. He has his gun already drawn on the uh, black lieutenant, and next thing you know, everything starts going crazy. Another guy pulls out who's another officer, he pepper sprays uh, the guy in the vehicle. He has his dog in the car. He says, let me just check on my dog. Let me check on my dog. He wasn't caring about his eyes so much. It was all about his dog. And ultimately, one of the officers said, you're about to ride the lightning, which means that you're in a, apparently a slang word for saying you're about to meet your maker, like the electric chair. That's what they would say to people in the electric chair. But again, this is completely ridiculous here. How has this guy got no like criminal charges, but we can see, and it's all on video. It's all on video. How does you not do that? I think the person probably got some higher people in certain uh, offices that could probably make the uh, calls and say, nah, we're not doing that to him, or I don't, I don't get it myself, because if you got all that on camera, what are we refuting here? It's all on camera. That's like if me saying I want to kill somebody, it's all on camera, dog, it's right there. Yes, you're going to have a hard time proving that it's me unless you got my DNA and blood and all that type of stuff, and I think everybody knows how that works, but, dude, that's just weird. You have your gun pulled out on somebody, telling you're going to ride a landing, you spray them with prep, like pepper spray and all that good stuff. It doesn't make sense how we're not going to charge this person with criminal charges, but we're going to get them with civil rights charges. Civil rights charges get you some time in jail still, but just to have that criminal charge on there... That's what it is, because that was criminal right there. I want to see how the rest of the uh, news publications take heed of this. Are they going to say something about it? Are they not going to say something about it? I don't know. I'll be keeping my eye on it. And hopefully, by next week rolls around, we get more details about this situation. Will the officer get hit with some civil rights situation, civil rights violation? Who knows? We just got to wait and see. Now off to a sad news story uh, here. It's come from Miami Herald. Family of five found dead in Orlando home. A sickening sadness police release identities. A family of five, including two elementary school age girls, were found dead 
in an apparent murder-suicide inside an Orlando home, police told reporters. In statements provided to the Miami Herald, Orlando police spokesperson Andrea Otero said officers went to the home on Lake District Lane for a well-being check. When officers went into the house, they found the family, three adults, and two children dead. On Wednesday afternoon, Orlando police released the names of the family members that were slain in what officers are calling a domestic violence-related incident. Police have identified the father, Donovan Michael Ramirez, 45, as a suspect. They believe Ramirez killed his wife, Stephanie, and their children before turning the gun on himself. A firearm was found inside the house, but the medical examiner's office will determine the cause of death, police said. In addition to Ramirez, the victims were identified as Stephanie Renee Ramirez, age 39, Alyssa B. Ruman, 22, Sonny Ramirez, 11, and Shelby Rose Ramirez, 7. The neighbors told WESH2, that must be their local channel, the family had just moved into the home in the East Park neighborhood of Lake Nona in southeast Orange County from out of state in June. They said the couple were middle-aged and had an adult daughter and two young daughters and that they were renting the house. The home had been unusually quiet for days, WESH reported. Then came the well-being check and discovery. A sickening sickness is a nightmare. I don't understand how anyone received an end like that. Neighbor Heather Collins, who lives across the street from the home with her fiancé, told WESH. SH. My heart goes out to the family. I can't even begin to wrap my mind around any of this, especially if there were family involved. I didn't hear anything. I wish I did. I definitely would have liked to have been that concerned neighbor that did something in the situation. So at this moment, they had the father as being the suspect. He's dead. The whole family's dead. I just always want to know whenever police walk in there and they see all that, how do they determine who killed who? How do they determine that the father did it or it could be the wife or whoever? I just want to know. Did the gun, was the gun next to the man's body? Was it next to the wife's body? Where was the gun and all this type of stuff? How do you determine who killed who being the last person? That's my whole deal when you do that. Can you feel the warmness of the body compared to everybody else's warmness? Or can you tell by somebody's body not decaying as fast as the other person? How do you figure these type of thing out? I mean, it's different if from a day one fresh kill to a day, what, three or four fresh, not fresh kill, but like stale old kill. You can tell that in the body, I would believe. I don't know, but I would think you should. But with this, if they're all technically died at the exact same day, what you can tell by what you guys got there, what, a couple hours ago after the death happened? No, you guys got there days after the fact so how do you know who was the person that killed everybody i'm just having a problem with that first one was rest in peace to that whole entire family because that is crazy a seven-year-old and 11 year old dying off of the strength of their father because they said the father did it so i gotta say allegedly the father here or anybody else but just to have the young ones that are about to hit back to school and see their buddies, and seeing teachers and everything else, now they won't, now you got friends that were looking forward to seeing them, 
going to school and be like, oh, wait, my friend's not here. Oh, wait, they're dead. And now they got to realize that, oh, my God, my friend is dead. How does that happen? How? And then you got to deal with that emotions. I mean, all this stuff plays into a big thing here. But my whole situation is how do we say that the father did it? I don't know. Again, I'm not a medical examiner. I'm not a person that looks at dead bodies. I wouldn't be able to tell you from spick or spam. I'm just saying for everybody's sakes, please be careful if you happen to see a neighbor acting strange. Again, you might not talk to your neighbor. You might see your neighbor once in a while. Just, I'm not saying being that nosy neighbor that you got to walk on them and knock on the door and say, hey, neighbor. No, 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 no. Just from time to time, just look outside. If their car is there and you see them walking into their car and out of their car into their home or vice versa. That's good because you know that your neighbor's still around. You know that that your neighbor is keeping up with the routine. You know that everything's going fine and dandy. If you happen to not see your neighbor, well, pop out of their home within a couple of days or something, then it could be a problem. It could be, or they just don't want to be like talk to at all. So that's the gamble that you play when you gotta be the neighbor that you want to do something. You're testing the boundaries to see if you're cool enough to. Say, hey, yo, are you good? I haven't seen you guys in how long or whatever. That's the whole thing with that. So I'm just baffled at this situation that a father would kill his wife and his kids. I mean, it has happened before, but it also has happened with the wife killing the husband and the kids too. So I don't know. I just don't know what to say on this situation here. Uh, Prayers and condolences to everybody that knew this family and uh, just please try to Send well wishes to the cousins, the brothers, the siblings of both the husband and the wife of this family here. And also their respective parents, if they're still alive, because they got to read about that or hear about it on the news or hear from somebody else. That is one of the craziest parts where you hear about sad news from somebody else that's not in your family. It's always a weird thing because you're always going to wonder why why I not heard from first about this. But again, not going to go into that. Uh, again, love and light to everybody on this situation. I do wish everybody the best, uh, the family on both sides, the wife's side and the husband's side, because this is going to be a real, real, uh, situation when they when the whole actual, uh, news and the whole actual truth comes out. Again, I know nothing about this. I'm just saying when everything decides to come out, you're going to really see who was really at fault for this situation. Was the man or was it the wife? Now, off to the next topic, as this come from The Blast. And the title reads, Naomi Judd because daughters Ashley and Winona out of $25 million will. That's a lot. Singer Naomi Judd cut her daughters Ashley and Winona Judd out of $25 million will. Earlier this year, the country music community was shocked and saddened to hear that Naomi had lost her longtime battle with mental illness and took in her own life at the age of 76. In a shocking decision, Naomi left her estate and her fortune, which was reported to be around $25 million, to her husband, Larry Strickland, who she married in 1989. The Blast was able to confirm the existence of the court documents, which states, I nominate and appoint my spouse, Larry Strickland, as executor of my estate. The document continues, in the event my spouse creases, well, ceases or fails to serve, then I nominate and appoint my brother-in-law, Reginald Strickland, and Daniel Chris Wider as co-executors. 
I direct that no bond shall be required of my executor. RadarOnline.com, which first broke the news, reported that Winona is upset at her mother's decision. Winona and Ashley made up the country music duo that performed together as the Judds, and she believes she was a major force behind her mother's success. See? Okay. As Page Six reported, the document did not state if either of Naomi's two daughters were named as benefactories, well, benefactors of any of her assets. In the court document, Naomi asks that her husband have full authority and discretion over any property that is an asset to her estate without the approval of any court or permission from any benefactor of the estate. In the documents, Naomi also asks for her husband to receive reasonable compensation for his service and that he would be reimbursed for all reasonable expenses, advances, and disbursements, including attorneys and accountants' fees made or incurred in the administration of my estate. As Page Six reported, a senior account manager at a Tennessee law firm called Wider and Associates and another individual named Abigail Mulder signed as witnesses when the document was created on November 20th, 2017. They could attest that Naomi was sound of mind, memory, and understanding, and not under any resistance or in any respect incompetent to make a last will and testament. Meaning that the mother's whole ironclad will is straight up just signed. It is what it is. So her husband has her $25 million in the state. Her will. Her daughters are not getting none of that. I don't know how to feel about that. I'm a son, and again, I've come to the conclusion that you, as a family, you guys do everything together. You guys come and put your stuff in the pot. You guys keep everything inside, in-house, all that good stuff. Why are you leaving not even a small pinch to your two children? You leave the whole $25 million to your husband, but not even a small pinch to your kids for that. You cut them completely out of your $25 million will. What? What is this? That's a serious question I really want to know. What was the reason why you did not put your daughters into your $25 million will? Is it because they have money and you feel like they don't need to have your money? I don't know. I've been positioned in a thought process that whatever your mom and dad made in this lifetime, that's your parents. They're going to like send that off to you because why would they make all this money and not send it off to you? Yes, they're going to have you, they're going to reach you up in a way, they're going to teach you up in a way that you are going to be looking after yourself, but you're not going to be just looking for a handout from your parents. But you're not going to be crazy to say, hey, oh, by the way, that money that we made, we're just going to hand it all off to charity. We're going to hand it off to... No, that money is the family money. That is your kids' money. That is your legacy that you're leaving behind and all this type of stuff. What what was she afraid of to sign her two kids out? I don't know. I'll never know. I'm probably just way out of my elements here. The kids probably already knew about it, but apparently from page six, from what they're saying, Winona was not happy about it. I don't... I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't have no idea we'll just have to see because a lot of stuff is going to be coming out of this and i guarantee you a lot of rich families are going to be talking about this or they already had that talk about it i think there's a famous one saying that bill gates is going to leave his kids anything they're going to he's going to like give his 
whole entire money whenever he dies to a charity or some type of situation here, not to his kids. I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know what to tell you. Again, I've been born different from what this whole crap is. So we'll just have to see what happens with the Judds. I still wish them nothing but the best because they lost their mother this year. And um, especially with this now, with being cut out the will, that sends you into a different mindset. At least I know it would for me. But I still have both of my parents here, so amen. Uh, again, I wish the Judd family a lot of uh, healing at this real difficult moment, especially when it comes down to money here. All to a family that finally got uh, something situated, as this comes from Afrotech. After a six-year court battle, Prince's $156 million estate will be split in half. Since Prince had no will, children, or spouse, this placed six half-siblings as his legal heirs and the probate process in the court to divide the prince's estate. In January, there was progress as the heirs closed a deal with the IRS marking the tax validation of the state to be $156 million, according to Billboard. One month later, the judge recommended turning prince's holdings into limited liability companies, LLCs. The move decreased the estate's tax exposure and solidified a management plan for how the parties involved could collaborate to administer music and other jointly held assets. Three of Prince's half-siblings sold all or most of their shares of the estate to Prince Alt Holdings LLC Primary Wave. The remaining three reportedly retained their stakes and partnered with advisors now a resolution has been reached after a long-fought battle. A hearing on July 29th disclosed an agreement to distribute Prince's estate, including $6 million in cash and more due to music rights and other intangibles, Billboard reports. Primary Way will split the funds with Prince Legacy LLC, which is the heirs plus McMillan and Spicer and managed by McMillan's North Star Group. After a hearing on August 1st, facilitated by a Minnesota judge, the outlet also reported during the probate case, Comerica Bank and Trust served as a court-appointed administrator to oversee the handling of the estate. So to wrap that article up in a big nice bow here, it's basically that Prince's other three siblings that did not sell any of their stocks, instead they teamed up with the advisors, McMillan and Spicer, they're going to be making money for years to come. And that's always going to be the thing. When it comes down to musicians, when they die, their music always goes uh, up because people are going to want to stream it. They'll never get to see from you or hear from you again. The only time they get to hear from you is from your radio, not the radio, but from your uh, hits and your music. So that's the only time they actually get to hear from you again or unless they like, got you in a movie or some type of thing and they'll watch you just to hear you there but you get the drift and they'll be able to see this person in person ever again so for music rights and other intangibles that billboard basically said uh and also six million dollars in cash the people that are signed up with mcmillan and spicer and all that type of stuff they are going to be paid up later down the line i don't know how this is going to work again this is but beyond my understanding of the situation, I just know that 
Prince's uh, family was able to get all this crap done after a six-year court battle. And uh, that lets people know, have a will if you are famous. If you're a regular person, a will is not going to be necessary for you. But if you are a famous person, a.k.a. right now, Dwayne Johnson, he should have a will. Uh, Kevin Hart, he should have a will. Um, Who else? Bradley Cooper should have a will. Uh, Dave Chappelle should have a will. Chris Rock should have a will. Um, Lady Gaga, she should have a will. All these famous people up there at the top, they should have a will for if something happens to them, yo, this is what happened, bong, 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 this this stuff goes to, there should be no type of situation about it. That's all I'm getting at here, okay? So, I want people to understand that part. Have a will if you are famous, because I don't know who listens to this, I don't know if I know regular people listen to this, like regular civilians, but I don't know. A celebrity might pop out of the woodwork one day, listen to this thing, and hear me say this stuff, and they didn't know about Prince's will. They might hear that, but, oh, okay, cool, I'll have a will set up. So, again, I just throw out topics that people might uh, like to hear and people might understand later down the line that they might need to uh, at least partake in what the article, or at least what I'm saying, should go down, Okay. Now to the final topic, talking about HBO Max, a streaming service that I use a lot. HBO Max will be replaced next year by a new service combined with Discovery Plus, as this was reported by The Verge. HBO Max isn't dead yet, but come the summer of 2023, it will be. And there will be a new service replacing both HBO Max and Discovery Plus. Warner Bros. Discovery CEO said on the earning calls today, uh, Thursday. HBO has a competitive feature set and has had performance and customer issues. Being much more polite than I would be about the app, which regularly struggles to stream when people tune in for big appointment shows like Euphoria and Secession. He went on to claim Discovery Plus has a better tech stack and would become the core of the new service, which will combine the content of HBO Max with the content and tech of Discovery Plus. So, ladies and gentlemen, HBO Max will be tying themselves in with Discovery Plus next year in the summer of 2023, and it might even come sooner if they can figure all that type of stuff out. But they are saying summer of 2023, HBO Max will be no more. They'll be going into uh, Discovery Plus, and that's what it is. I I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. I personally don't care. Personally, if I'm really going to be honest with you, I'll probably just be getting Discovery Plus whenever the time comes, and I'll just be doing what I've been doing before. And if anything, I'll probably be watching just movies as I did before. And if anything, there'll probably be some documentaries I probably might want to watch and dig my hands into. But uh, HBO Max is a service that I use quite frequently because they got movies from uh, DC up there. They got uh, movies that come out. I mean, last year they had movies each month coming out. New movies just coming out each month. And they still do that now, technically. Some of their regular HBO like originals has been getting cut down because HBO Max is starting to lose money, I believe, and they ain't trying to lose no more. So they're cutting down some of their original shows that they have up there. They're saying, nah, we're nixing that off the program, whatever the case may be. Uh, I just want people to know, again, HBO Max won't be around next year. They'll be on Discovery+. Plus. Now, with that all being said, let me get you guys out of here. 
On Twitter, you can find me at, at my two podcast. Instagram, my two cents podcast G2. And my email is my two cents pod. If you want to email me about anything, if you want to chat with me, if you just want to email me a topic that I should be talking about next week, or you need to elaborate on the topic next week, I could do that for you. Um, I want to thank Apple, Podbean, Amazon, Google, Spotify. Uh, all these other streaming platforms that you find and listen to this podcast I really do appreciate them for allowing me to still be here without uh, taking me off because again I don't know who could be trying to just throw me out and try to say he says something offensive but these companies still have me around I really really appreciate that and always remember I love you, I love you, I love you I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you all. Thank you all. I thank you guys for downloading this uh, episode. I thank you guys for listening to what I had to say. I hope you guys did take something away from this uh, episode. Uh, if you did, cool. If you didn't, a hey, that's cool too. I just appreciate you for downloading this because you could have been listening to anything else. You could have been listening to music. You could have been listening to another podcast, but you didn't. You just decided to listen to me. I really, really appreciate that. Um, with that, I love you all. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. Please don't be a dick. Please be courteous of whoever is on the road driving out there. I hope everybody has a good Sunday and I hope everybody has a good rest of their week. I love you all. Please be safe. And with that all being said, Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.